What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Chiefing with Daily Dale. I'm your host, Dale Fowler, along with my partner, Lonnie. How you doing today, bro? I'm good. I'm good. Feeling good. Just ate with the fam. Um, had a good, good, good little chill here on a Sunday, so yeah, I'm feeling good. How you doing? Yeah, doing pretty good. It was a good Father's Day. Doctor, yeah, just found out the house. Happy, happy Father's Day, by the way. Man, happy so, Father's Day to you too, bro. Yeah, and yeah, everybody, bro, out there, man. Yes. Hey, it's, even for the sooner bees, we still appreciate everybody out there—the uncle dads, the fathers, all the active ones out there, man, who's really doing it, doing it big for their kids and just being a part of their life and supporting and loving them and caring. So, we got a pretty decent plate on our show today. We're gonna be definitely discussing some more Chris Jones talk regarding that ring ceremony that he wasn't a part of and also to discuss our uh the the position battles that we're most excited for for this upcoming training camp i believe they said that's supposed to be uh, starting on july 23rd and then also creed humphrey and joe uh, tooney they're projected to be first team all pros this season so we give our thoughts about that and then also that new netflix series that's coming up as well that's going to be filtering can't see chiefs quarterback patrick mahomes uh, Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, and then also Atlanta Falcons quarterback uh, Marcus Mariota. So we're going to be diving into that. But starting off in our first conversation, uh, in our first topic, so like I said, Chris Jones reportedly did not show up to the ring ceremony that was on Thursday, and Veach providing an update on his contract negotiations. He said he is positive that it will be done by the time the training camp start. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel the Chiefs uh, – and also how do you feel – We'll, we'll dive into that. So how do you feel about that right now? Um, now, as far as him not showing up to the the the, the ring ceremony, I feel like it's kind of gimmicky. Um, like we, we were talking about previously, he showed up to the White House, which is kind of weird to me. Um, I, I know that he won his first Super Bowl when we first when we were first won back in, uh, was that 2020? Yeah, it was a 2019 season, but 2019, you know, we won in 2020. Yeah, so like when we went into that year, being that it was a COVID year, he didn't get to go to a ring ceremony. I figured he would be there, but um, I feel like it's just kind of gimmicky. Um, this is a part of the games that we play when we get into those contract talks and there's still nothing negotiated or a deal hasn't been struck yet. Um, so we're just really kind of in that area where um, Chris may participate in some things and in some things he just may not. Um, just because the, that dispute is still there and it's still looming, um, and obviously he he feels like he's due, um, which, it, which he's deservingly so, being a, he's a Super Bowl champion, two time Super Bowl champion. Um, but I feel like Chris, like I said before on previous shows, I feel like Chris knows who he is and what he means to us and to our success. So I feel like with that being said, that they'll get something done before training camp. Um, I feel mm-hmm. I, I trust Veach. Um, to get something done, I, I trust that he's he's at least talking there. Um, he knows that that's the best player in his position, right? If you're going to lock down a player, you at least going to lock down the best player at that position. As of right now, Chris is the best player in his position, so um, there's no doubt you got to get the deal. You got to find that healthy medium, um, but you you got to still be able to give yourself the perfect balance to where you can be competitive. Um, and still make those moves to have success, whether it be adding another pass rusher, adding another wide receiver, adding to your secondary, adding a linebacker, adding a safety, whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. You you still want to give yourself that ability to be able to make those moves. But I feel like Chris still knows that he's really – he's really the team is dependent on his success, and not only is the team dependent on his success, he's dependent on the team's success um, if he yeah. wants to get a contract after he leaves here um, and, and continue to pursue um, his NFL career and be lucratively um, – at the at like at a, at a very high pay rate, so I feel like um I feel like Veach is right, and I feel like he will get it done. Um, we will see him in the building at least before training camp. He'll be training. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but I, as far as the ring ceremony, I feel like it was just a little gimmicky. Um, it was just kind of gamesmanship. That's just what they're doing when there's a contract dispute. Um, you you may not show up to everything. I may not be there for everything um, because we're having our differences. We're not we're not seeing eye to eye on certain things, and um, it's a leverage game. So. Um, Veach knows what he needs to do, and Chris knows what he needs to do. He's been here before, man, and we've seen it before with Chris, and he's figured it out. Um, I don't think he won't figure it out this time. I'm, you know, his uh, his market value for his uh, contract, what Spot Track is putting out there, is four year extension that's worth over 120 mil. So basically, he'll be earning like 30 mil per annually, and then with that contract, he'll be ranking 14th richest in the NFL, and then second highest among defensive tackles, which he said he's fine with being that. He'll like to be top two. So right now, I think uh, Aaron Donald's cap hit is actually at 31.7 mil. So Chris Jones will be what about a million some change under that and he's deserving of it to be honest uh even if it's not with the Kansas City Chiefs he he's going to get that deal and I think that's what they're going to do because at the same time that's really the same deal that the Chiefs was going to offer uh wide receiver Tyreek Hill before he got traded to Miami because he was going to be that 30 million dollar wide receiver but the money just wasn't aligning on the uh, guaranteed and probably like the per year basis as well, too, that, you know, he wasn't really feeling right. It was probably had some incentives in there where he'd be able to meet that number. But I think the Chiefs is offering him that same deal because that'd be second highest in his position, right? That's what he wanted. And then I think it's probably going through the same things that Tyreek Hill was going through with just getting that mark of what he's going to get uh guarantee his per yearly basis and what that cap hit is going to be so they're probably trying to arrange it to, in the right form but him not showing up to the ring ceremony i think that was just mind games letting them know like i'm not playing i need my money i need it done uh i, I don't want to participate until we got me in there for sure that i'm going to be here for years to come because you know he's on his one he got one year left on his deal so a four-year extension that means he'll be with Kansas city for five more years and he's 28 years old that means he'll be done with that contract with around 33 34 so it's just to the point to where showing like, hey, I, I did show up to the White House that, you know, that's one in a uh, one in a lifetime time type of opportunities as well, too. I mean, say if they win more championships, then they can go again. So it, it will be a common thing. Right. But they I, I don't think they were able to go in 2020 due to COVID. So going there, it just wanted to be able to show up being a White House, being that a part of uh, that type of environment, then having his good pals there as well, like Frank Clark, who eventually went up over to Denver, but just having that relationship and being out there with them, I know it was very, you know, it was uh, a, a great moment for them. So I, I, I definitely understand why he probably did want to show up for that, but showing up to this that you know that like like we said that 2020 ceremony that ring ceremony was kind of it wasn't it you know they were out on the field uh they presented to them they had their mask on but this was a more of a formal occasion where all the guys they got the little box they had the highlight video in there as well too we're going to give our thoughts about that as well because those rings were really set up nice like nice. Hey, when you open it up you can see arrowhead <laughs> stadium it's cold so it's like we're like you'll miss that opportunity over some money for that and you know they're working with you about that but brett Beach played it off well, and he answered the the question like he was supposed to. So, 
I think it will get done. I think he's just playing mind games with his shit. It's like, hey, I'm really trying to get paid. I'm, 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 you know, I'm a team player, but I'm ready to get mines as well too. Generational wealth, trying to set himself up for the future as well. We want to be able to profit and, you know, probably get some ownership out of the money he's in because that's a lot of money for one individual. And then making up over around 120 mil as well too. That's big time. So I definitely understand it. Um, you know, of course, we're going to keep you updated about this. Hopefully something gets done in these next coming weeks because we want everyone to be ready by the time preseason coming. Then we want to be ready for that that season opener against the Detroit Lions. So I'm, I'm sure they're getting everything together and getting everything right. But how do you feel about the rings before we even move on to our next topic? Because those, they, they was hard. Yeah, I, I like the rings. I like them. I like them a lot. Um, I really, I really do. Um, like you said, the top popping off of them. I seen that you press the names in on the side. It pops off. Um, I like the the three trophies on there. Um, we just said we only had two before, so like yeah, I said, it's yeah. nice to see. It's nice to see yeah. all three trophies on there. Um, it's always to see cool, just to see the details, the scores on the inside from the playoff run. Um, just everything, man. That was it. it, it that was that was it. I love that ring. Um, I loved it. it was done by Justin's too, man. It was it was nice. You man. know what I love the most though? I like the box the most. <laughs> yeah, the TV. I like video, the TV in there. That's tough. Now, me and me and Ray, this is somebody he'd be on here sometimes as well, too. We was talking about it and we was like, bro, like how is that gonna work? Like, do they got can they keep it charged with the TV keep going on? Because I'm gonna be honest, that's gonna have to go in a shrine or something like for for them, they're gonna have to like get them a trophy case, especially <laughs> like especially you know, my homes are yeah. them because if they're gonna be with the Chiefs and we expect to win them anymore, y'all gonna have y'all gonna need a little areas to put y'all stuff. I think yeah. that need to be like what we have you have you seen House Party yet? Oh, HBO Max, yeah, with LeBron, the, the LeBron James one. Yeah, the like how he had that little ring from Cleveland. <laughs> it need to be in something like that because yeah. that's tough. And my, yeah. I'm dumb. I said, did they put the highlight video on the ring too? That's, that would you can't sell that. You can't sell that. You yeah. that. that mug is that hard. I ain't lie. That was tight. That was it was a TV in there. Got a volume button. Like, damn, that's Man. a whole like. They got a whole giddy up on that. Like that was cool. The box I, alone is like probably like two thousand, but minus the ring, the value of the ring, it's just like the box alone is yeah. like <laughs> yeah, bam, not even yeah. thousand. That's my not even thousand, probably meals. more than that. I'm meals. sorry, like it yeah, meal <laughs> meals. Like, you don't put that. a TV in every box. That's about fifty three TVs. But- but I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did it big, especially for that occasion, because that was the first formal one as like champions in this generation and in this in this new dynasty that they're creating. Uh, like we said, it wasn't really nothing big on the first one just due to COVID, but having it now, it's you know, it was great to see them out. I was watching the Instagram lives. I w- I, I was wondering in Kansas City if they was putting it on live TV. I think they should have did that because that would that it seemed like it was a cool event. It was a private event. They had it down in Union Station, so they had it put together. Union Station been busy, yeah. you know, these past couple yeah. months, draft yeah. and then the ring enshrinement for all yeah. that. So, yeah. you know, all that is, is really dope. And I'm glad they were able, able to, like, you know, come together, especially on that. And now they said they're shifting towards the season now. They had their fun. Now they're back to business. So, you know, sad that Chris Jones couldn't be a part of it. You know, we wish he could have, but we know he um, – we expect him to be a chief. Uh, 
going forward for years to come. So we don't have to worry about that. But let's go ahead and uh, jump on to our next topic. Uh, so, Lonnie, what position battle are you most excited for for this upcoming training camp? Uh, le- le- easiest to say, least to say, it's, um, it's, it's the <laughs> wide receiver position, right? Um, we lose Juju. Um, we know we have MVS. We know we got Sky. And we know we got Tony, right? So we got a three-headed monster right there. But those other spots, right, those other, like, six spots, they kind of – I mean, not other six spots. I'm sorry. Like, those other, like, four spots, like, are up for grabs. Like, I feel like it's anybody – anybody can be in that room. I feel like all of those guys are interchangeable, um, starting with Justin Watson to Justin Ross to um, the other Justin Ross. So, um, it's – I feel like – they're all interchangeable. I feel like that's the mo- the position we're going to have the most competition at, barring injury. So um, as long as we don't have any injuries there, I feel like that'll be the most competition. I think you're going to get a lot of playmakers out of this room, right? I feel like Mahoma Holmes will have one of his best years like he had last year, spreading the ball around, um, getting it to everybody. And with that, having with that, with the success of others is going to come the success of him. Um, so I feel like he's he he's due for another big year. Um, also, Kadarius, Sky, MVS have a year in that position. I feel like in from year one to two in Andy Reid's office, we see wide receivers take a very big jump. So um, I just feel like those three are, are going to separate themselves from the field, also barring injury. But then we do still have playmakers like Justin Watson. And like I said, Justin Ross, the other mm-hmm. Justin Ross, the Nico Remigio, the, the younger guy. Um, so we, we have playmakers in that room. Um, that are still able to, to and capable of making plays um, and making big plays at that. So um, I feel like that's going to be the room that has the most competition. Um, and I feel like it's it's going to be whoever can buy the can 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 uh, give that that consistency, right? So whoever mm-hmm. can show consistently, they can make the big plays. Um, who has the hands? Um, who's running that route on time? Whose timing is good? So I just feel like though all of those things are going to play a factor. But that's the room that I got my eye on the most, right? But just because it's 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 a lot of talent in there, um, and you want to talk about a three-headed monster. People have three-headed monsters now. You're looking at possibly like a four-headed monster. Um, just depending on the type of playmaker that you add in that room, um, it gives you some extra depth and it gives you like just other different looks. That turns Andy Reid's offense into really dangerous. When you talk about the third guy on the on the roster being able to burn you or make a make a deep catch or stretch you, so um, I feel yeah. like that's that's gonna be the room that has the most the most competition in it. I mean, it's understanding. I mean, it's easy to say. And like the other Justin Ross, you were talking about you was, you were talking about John Ross, the one John Ross, yeah, John about, Ross. Yeah. We played for the Bengals, played for a couple other teams as well, too. Came out, we already said it came out the same year as the Pat as well. But he he can put he can be that over the top guy as well, too, especially with his speed. And he brings a lot to that wide receiver room. But like you said, there's a lot of options. You got a lot of things that's going on. You got Rasheed Rice, who we just drafted. Rasheed you got Rice. Justin well, Justin Watson, who had a solid season last year. Justin Ross, who the Chiefs were really hoping like if he was able to, I mean, he got through that injury for that first because they put him in injury reserve. So they were looking at him as like a number one option as well, too. So you got so much going on. And then you got, of course, got Kadarius Tony. So it's the most exciting because you, you want to see which six guys is going to make that roster. Like it's going to be, it's going to be fine. And then if someone get injured, you're not worried because you can bring someone else up as well, too. And then you got to think about it like, we and then they brought in uh Kakoa Crawford that was from the coast, another uh, uh electrifying guy as well, too. So it's just so much is going on. You've got so many, just so many players and wide receivers. It's gonna be fun to see what happens. But really, the what I'm most interested in seeing 
and it's it's two position groups, and they on defense, and it's honestly the linebacker group and the DBs. Uh, we know what we have in the DB room, right? But we're wondering how it's going to be placed on the depth chart, how how they're going to be fitting in those schemes, because really, how, how I've been saying the whole time, they want Jalen Watson on the outside. Joshua Williams on the outside, McDuffie on the inside, and then Sneed on the inside as well too, right? But see, McDuffie can play on the outside as well too. It's gonna be, it's gonna be depending on how one of those guys are playing up against the best guy or on the outside how it's going, who's being attacked the most, who is really being more persistent against those, against those guys in those matchups, and it could shift towards that. But it's gonna be interchangeable, right? Like they all can do, they all can play from inside to out. So yeah. it's going to be fun to see how it goes. But that's how I see how they envision it. And then, of course, you have that battle between Mike Edwards and then Brian Cook, who's going to take that Juan Thornhill role because we know Justin Reed is going to be that other starting safety. He had a solid year last year, didn't hear his name as much. And, you know, like I said before, when you don't hear the player name as much, that means they're doing their job. And then he's also getting a part of being a part of tackles as well, too. Had a couple blitzes where he was able to get to the quarterback and get some sacks. But it's just I wonder how it's going to play out. And then the linebackers. You got Willie Gay, Nick Bowden. We know they're solid. Drew Tranquil, and then Leo Chanel. And my thing is, I feel like Leo Chanel, he might be the odd man out at times just because he's still young. And Drew Tranquil is a veteran coming from another solid defense like the Chargers. And he had great games against Mahomes as well, too. And it really all against other great quarterbacks as well. He, he just know how to do his job. Now, can Willie Gay stay, stay healthy? Then you'll see more opportunities as well, too, and you might have to bring up a practice practice squad guy who can come in fill fill the position. But it's going to be interesting to see how that all come together because a lot of people think, well, with the Chiefs, you know, they, they like to keep two linebackers out there. Sometimes they like to have more DBs out there. So, really, it might be opposed to like a 4-2-5, opposed to like a 4-3, you know, Four three four, where you have four DBs, three linebackers, four down linemen. So they're gonna trade switch. So they like to have those two linebackers out there. So it could be where it's interchangeable as well too with Drew Tranquil and Willie Gay because they're both athletic linebackers. They're they're decent in coverage as well too, and but they're also physical, aggressive, and they can get those hard hitting tackles. They can fill those holes as well too and do their part. So it's gonna be fun to see how that goes and see what direction it w- they go into because Spagnola he's a guy who he, he leans on. A hot hand so if Willie's not playing as effective and Drew Tranquil comes in and do his part you can see him get a lot of time and probably a higher percentage of those snaps because he's coming in and filling the role and you then you know it's just a lot going on but then you got Willie Gay and Nick Bowden who has that relationship on the field where you want to keep that out there and keep that chemistry right so it's just gonna be fun to see and Leo Chanel he's our run stopper but he's built he's becoming and but he's building and becoming more of that all-around linebacker where we need him to be decent in his coverage as well too of course that's going to be his weakness but his run stopping ability makes up for that so it's just very interesting I just want to see how it goes I'm going to be definitely watching out for that and I think we got some young guys as well too that's stepping up doing this part I, I believe the cheese run back Deion uh Bush as well of course you have those guys so young guys in there like Boodle all the other guys, DiCaprio, just all those other DBs as well who comes in, who be having solid preseasons. But, you know, where I want to see 
how interchangeable it is, like what direction they're going to go. Because I, w- I would like to see Joshua Williams make that leap just because his size and his length. He'll be able to match up against a guy like Jamar Chase or T. Higgins or Devontae Adams with their size and their, and their height. He can be able to match with that. And along with his playmaking ability, if he can play the ball well, then that's going to be a plus for the Chiefs. You're not going to want to attack a guy like that. And then you're going to think you're going to go over to Jalen Watson and bully him. You're not going to do that to him. Then you're going to go through you and going to out in the inside with one of your speed guys or one, or have a Jamar chasing them going to the inside as well, try to expose that nickel down back coverage. But you can't do that because Trent McDuffie is a lockdown in two and Sneed as well, too. They can both do it. And Sneed is a guy who is effective all around. He's a great tackler of the football. He plays the ball well. He gets interceptions. He gets back there. He forced fumbles. He can do it all. So it's like you, you got so much you can do. So that's why I want to see how it all comes together, how they see that, how they see that D-back group. So it's going to be fun. And I always keep it on defense because I think we already know what we have with offense with Patrick Mahomes at the helm at quarterback. So they will be fine. They will work it out. Defense, we saw steady growth each year, having to, like, pick pick out some guys, put some more players in. You, you got to, like, just go back and forth. We gotta, we gotta interchange some things. So I want to see the growth and how it goes because we're able to make something happen with that group. But I'm ready to see a consistent defensive, defensive group on that eleven, on that eleven man side. I want to see how far it can go. I want to have solid guys. That's why I think it's important to sign a guy and keep a guy and give a contract decision to Chris Jones because I want familiarity on that side of the ball. And that's what the Chiefs need because if they're able to keep a top 10 defense, they will be perfectly fine. And we'll always be in contention for a Super Bowl. But we're going to go ahead and send it over to a a commercial break. Once we come back, we're going to be discussing that new Netflix series and then also be jumping into some talk about Creed Humphrey and Joan Tooney right here on Chief and with Daily Dale. What up, KC? On the heels of yet another Kansas City Super Bowl victory, we have an awesome opportunity for you to broadcast your business to the local Kansas City market. We've created something called Kansas City Sports Company, which is a sports media hub for multiple live shows, all of which cover all the local Kansas City teams. Now, we have 30-second ad spots, 60-second ad spots. We have event sponsorships, studio sponsorships, show sponsorships, and much, much more. This is a great opportunity for you to start early with us and broadcast your business to a very dedicated, very enthusiastic Kansas City audience. Contact me or hit the contact us link on our website to learn more about this opportunity. All right, now welcome back to the show. Now jumping on to our next topics, Cree Huffy and Joan Thune. They are projected to be projected to be first team all pros this season. So, Lonnie, what are your thoughts about that? And do you think they will be able to succeed and gain that honor this upcoming season? Um, now, I, as far as Cree goes, I just want to speak to him separately. I'm gonna speak to this point separately, but I want to speak to Cree first. Um, Cree um, has been consistent since he came in day one into the league. This is a guy that's been um, a day one starter since he was a rookie, since he was drafted. Um, mm-hmm. So. As far as Creed's playing level, I've never questioned Creed's playing level, and especially seeing that he played in one of the highest level he's played in since he's been in the, since he's been in the league this year, capturing that Super Bowl, um, showing that he can really lead that line, set those protections, um, help help Mahomes up front. Um, I feel like there's no doubt um, with that consistency model that he's showed that 
no doubt in my mind that Creed won't be able to obtain that success and be a first team All Pro. Right? That was that was a, that was it. Right? So yes, yeah. yeah. I feel like he will he will earn that honor um, as a first team All Pro. Now, as far as Joe Tooney goes, right? Um, this this was a guy that played at a super high level when he played with the Patriots. Um, he was able to capture those two two or three Super Bowls um, with the Patriots. I'm then able to come to the Chiefs and not not capture a Super Bowl, but get close. Um, be able to taste it, still obtain and play at that high level when he when he first got with the Chiefs. Um, now being now seeing his second year last year was not one of Joe's best years. Um, I know he dealt with some injuries that first year, but he still was able to battle through and play, and he played at a high level. Joe was I don't know if he battled a lot of injuries last year or not, but um, I'm pretty sure he had some. He wasn't he wasn't at I the think, best. I think you might have got a switch. I think the first year was with us. He was actually solid. And then that next year, he actually kind of dealt with some things because he was out for like a period of time. And then I think he dealt with a couple games this one as well too. But he hasn't been like horrible. It's like be like yeah. one or two games. Yeah, he's yeah. he hasn't been horrible. He, Joe's not. No, I don't know Joe Tooney for missing a lot of games. So um, mm. that's not what I what I know him as as a guard. But I just know his game has dropped. Um, be it from that first and second year. Uh, I could have swore Joe was on like a three year deal, wasn't he? I think it was uh, four year. Four year. Well, yeah. I, well, the play has dropped. Either way, nevertheless, the yeah. play has dropped from from the from when he got here, um, and it is just diminished a little bit. Um, that's not to say that by just a little minor tweaks to the technique that he can't get things right and get back on track to being that All Pro guard that we seen when we signed him to that eighty million dollar deal. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, there's no doubt in my mind. But I feel like if Joe continues to play at the level that he played at, I don't see him obtaining that success of being a first team All Pro. Um, it, just because it, it was a, it was a little it was a rough last year. Um, it wasn't it wasn't five year contract. Okay, yeah, it was rough. It was one of Joe's rough years last year. Um, he didn't he he wasn't really that that really that forceful guard that we know him to be. That guy really solidified that run um, and and helping us get things done. But he he was able to lift that play and get us to the Super Bowl and help him attain another Super Bowl. So I don't want to discredit Joe at all. But I just I don't think Joe Joe's level of play was at that of an All Pro. Um, guard when he was playing mm-hmm. when he's during the regular season. However, I did I do think he did lift that play when we went to the playoffs, which helped us attain that Super Bowl. Um, so I don't want to discredit him there because he was able to channel the, some of that champion that he has in him um, and help us get to that success. But I feel like he didn't he didn't show that it, it, through the regular season, um, and I feel like you have to show that consistently through the regular season, a la Creed, um, and you will you will have that success and you'll get that recognition. Um, but I feel like he hasn't he hasn't done it he he hasn't done it consistently here in Kansas City to say the least. Um, but that's not to say that he can't do it. But um, if he does do it, I can't see him being all pro. But if Joe Tooney comes out and, and has a couple setbacks, a couple injuries, I don't see him obtaining it. But Creed for sure. Now I'm going to this. You're gonna be surprised. Honestly, ever since uh, Joe Tooney actually got to Kansas City, he actually elevated his game because he only allowed one sack in, t- in 15 total pressures uh, since he actually got here. So he actually been solid throughout his whole time. Now, I think um, where I give him more credit as well, too, people forget the game that he that Orlando Brown set out against the Bengals when we played him in the regular season and he stepped in and he didn't allow any sack that game, he was actually playing phenomenal. And he played and hurt he did, too. With hurt and hand, he played hurt with a broken hand. Yeah. And it was a, it, it was debate that even came about that 
should John Thune actually be the new left tackle in in Kansas City? Like, no, I'm not going to go that far. No, he did his part where he was a veteran who stepped in. We needed another guy out in that position that we can trust because we dealt with that in that Super Bowl in that prior year as well, and we didn't want to go through that same situation and put Mahomes in that predicament. Now, first team might be a reach. Just because you got guys like Lane Johnson, uh, you got guys like uh, I believe it's Quentin Nelson, a center or a yep. guard. Yep, he's a he's a guard. So you he's got guys guard. like Quentin Nelson from the Colts. That's just a tough group. Now he can get in that second team and third team talk, but it's just other guys who is just as effective. And even we got our own guys well too, Trey Smith, who is just a beast. So it will be hard, I think, for him to be considered a first-team All-Pro. However, he's going to be be one of the top duos with Creed Humphrey just because of his ability to dominate on that front line, be able to move around as well, too, when needed if an injury is coming about. And then also with him being a part of a championship team before with the Patriots playing with Tom Brady and winning a couple championships over there. So he definitely brought the atmosphere to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Creed Humphrey, he should get first-team All-Pro. The only thing that's going to hurt him is if Jason Kelsey has an, um, another phenomenal year at his age and keeps it up. Because ever since coming into the league, he has been consistently the most dominant young center in the league. His his run blocking, producing at an elite rate, is 91.1 run blocking grade from Pro Football Focus, PFF. So he's a stonewall in pass protection as well, too. And he does, he hasn't even allowed a single sack last season as well in his position. And we have great defensive tackles that he goes up against as well, too. And it's phenomenal. And he's holding his own. And he's a beast in the run blocking game as well, too, where he can get that leverage and get them, get them up two to three yards. So he is phenomenal. He hasn't missed a game. He only has been flagged for four penalties and 1,138 snaps. He only been flagged four times. That That's consistent, and that's dominance. So he will be a first-team All-Pro. I think he will keep it up. I think he will keep on going strong. I think he will still be a beast. I think both of those guys are going to have phenomenal years. I think with them going into year three together, that's going to even be more of an upside that we see this upcoming year. And now that we're going to be solidifying the outside with guys we want to probably push going for as well, too, we don't know the whole verdict on Donovan Smith yet, but he's young. We got actually, he's not that young, but he got him on a, he, but, but he got we got him on a one year deal. This could be a this can be a steal for the Kansas City Chiefs. We were able to lock up Jawan Taylor. If he has a phenomenal year, we're gonna have four solid guys we know for sure, and then that left tackle position is gonna be in question because we got one more season, and we'll just have to lock up that. But you have it all set in stone, so it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. And I, I like know. talking about this position because this is a position that I played in high school. As I was well. gonna say that. And yeah. I don't think they get a lot of a lot of <laughs> how how important it is. This is the front five that's gonna be protecting your best quarterback that's in the league, Patrick Mahomes. So I think you're gonna have a lot of first team all pros on that line and some a couple of um 
you know, our uh, second team all pros and third team all pros as well, too. Just because you got phenomenal guys across the league as well, that's just as good of what we got here up front. But these two stand out because they've been doing it on a consistent basis. And then this is going to be, I think this is um, Tony. This is what? It'll be year three on his contract, right? I think this will be year three on his contract. So that means we got him for another two years after that. And I can see us parting ways just because he already 30 years old right now. So by the end of his contract, he's going to be around 32, 32, 33. So we're going to be really seeing how that injury go. If if he has an injury history to where we got to move part ways, but it, it bring it builds a strong basis around that offensive line. And we always get yeah, consistency and we always pick up uh, great guys in the draft as well too. And, also, some guys are undrafted as well that are pretty solid that can come in and kind of fill that role. We always were able to have interchangeable office alignment. So we're going to see how that goes. But I think first team all pro is not a stretch. Uh, but I can say Creed for sure probably should get it this year. I think he's going to actually solidify himself as a best center this season. And Joe Thune, he's just going to work off of that with him being the best and just contribute and be a dominant force on his uh, on his end as well because we got to remember the left side of the line is always supposed to be the strongest and the best part of it just because that's the quarterback of blind sign and they're they're putting in the most dirty work so we'll see how that goes it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch we're gonna see how 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 they do i think they can live up to those expectations so i don't think that's far-fetched at all but now Wait, anything else you want to say before we move no, on? No, I was just going to say I'll let the people know, yeah, this is a position that's near and dear to Dale's heart, right? The center mm-hmm. position. They don't know, but I know. Uh, Dale played center in high school, so he's he's <laughs> really – you hit home. You hit home when you talk about the centers. And just lastly on Joe Tooney, I don't think that. I, I, I just don't see – I got to see Joe's play. I want to see mm-hmm. if he can play at that high level. If Joe cannot meet that high level, I think it'll be some smoke and it'll be some hot water. fighting for that position. We're looking at Kennard as one of the uh, uh, somebody who could play that guard position. So even if they wanted to shift Trey Smith over there and then get Kennard at right guard, that would make sense. Pending injury, right? Just because that's what they've been doing. That's what he been playing best at. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but that that interior part of that offensive line is going to be the best in the league. Stout. Regardless. Yeah. So it's it's stout. It's going to be fine. But now we're going to jump into our next topic. This is probably one topic that I have been having the most interest to talk about, honestly, because that trailer didn't got me so hyped to watch it. I can't wait till July gets here. I believe it's coming around, around like the 14th. July 12th. The tw- July 12th. Something yeah. Like the, yeah, July 12th. So that's going to be fun. And just to give a quick little uh, synopsis about it. So, I mean, it's set to release. Um, it's going to be, yes. Yeah, so it's set to release July 22nd. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a chronicle of the 2022 NFL season and the drive to survive uh, Esky format. So, like, I guess it's going to just be giving the point of views and, like, the the view in their eyes of what's been going on and, like, as a quarterback. So it features, like I said earlier um, in our introduction to the show, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Minnesota Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, and then Aleta Falcons quarterback, Marcus Mariota. 
and it looks like they're they're they were diving deep into like what they do after after the games, like pretty much what they do, what, what their life is as a quarterback. So Lonnie, I just want to know what's your thoughts about that because it seems like a fun docuseries that we're going to be happy to watch. I think definitely we're going to definitely check this out and we actually give a sure. review over as well too, because we're definitely going to talk about it anyway after it. So we have a little something, some con- some exclusive content to go over that. Just dive into that, how we feel about it. But Lonnie, how you, what, what's your, what's your expectations of this docuseries and yeah. what you want to get out of it? Yeah, so I, I'm super excited for the docuseries. I'm super excited to see from the NFL lens of a I'm seeing see of the see from the lens of an NFL quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to take that perspective and that really puts it in the view for us seeing it through this Netflix series. And I feel like it's going to give us the opportunity to see from kind of not no official Marcus Mariota, but a lower class quarterback, a middle tier quarterback, and to a quarterback that's at the top of the game. I feel like it's going to give you three different perspectives of what life is like for those guys. Right. Um, I think it's going to also bring you into that preparation. Um, I feel like a lot of, I feel like this is kind of like, like the, the, the last dance kind of in the sense um, it's that inspiration for those kids. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's that inspiration to find out what makes this superstar, that superstar. What's yeah. the why, right. What yeah. pushes Mahomes? what separates him from the rest of those other 32 quarterbacks that he's playing with in the league. Why does he yeah. win every year? Why is he successful with having a winning record? All of that yeah. shows, and I think I feel like that that's something that kids will be able to see. And I feel like this is something that'll just it's gonna resonate with a lot of people. Um, going through whether it be injuries and rehabbing, um, and interacting with his children, interacting with their children in general. I seen Kirk Cousins reading a book to his son. Um, I feel like it's really just bringing us into their life, their life and their day to day operations. Some people think it's just a game, right? We think we just show up and we play. And that's not the case, right? They sacrifice a lot of time from their kids, their families, their wives um, to make to make us happy, right? To satisfy us with this sport that we love so much. Um, so we, we don't get to necessarily see those sacrifices that they're making um, on those weekdays or going in at 4 o'clock in the morning and, and getting treatment or working on their ankles. Um, and just lastly, I think it's going to show us, uh, too, like what Mahomes went through, right? And how he got to where he – could function and play at a high level um, in in some of the biggest games of the year. And not only play at a high level, but play and perform and be able to win those games. Um, I feel like, excuse me, that's a big difference in a lot lot of that went went on um, in the playoffs. And I feel like that's going to, like like I said, that's going to separate him um, from everybody else. And it's going to really show those kids, like, it's cool to to play when you're injured, right? It's cool to, to say, let me put myself to the side for the betterment of the team. Let me put team first and I'm going to, I'm going to go to great lengths to get healthy. It shows to be a good person. We don't see that a lot now, right? We see yeah. a lot of people that's, that it's me, 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 me. Um, and I feel like that'll give another perspective just to kids and just to see how kind of, how self, how selfless the QB has to be. Um, you can't be really a selfish person there. You, you can't be like a self stat driven person. You have to really want to, be successful and and put your pride to the side, put ego to the side, put whatever it may be to the side so, for the betterment of the team, for them to have success. Um, I just want to know why I, Marcus I, like Mario, that. I just want to know why Marcus Mariota is in it. <laughs> not gonna not gonna lie to you. I just want to know why he's in it. No offense. I mean, are we still salty about that little weak weak little touchdown he had against us in the AFC divisional game? Probably so. 
<laughs> Probably so. Like I saw, I can say it was made. But I think you made a good point when we talked about it as well too. Maybe it it be it could be just showing from the best quarterback of the league to like the middle tier quarterback of the league, and then like one of the guys who are on or on one of those teams who are not as good, and see the process of how things is going up for them or how how they complete tasks, whatever. I mean, it, it's interesting. I'm not gonna lie, but you know. I think a poll. I'm fine with the Kirk Cousins because he has been a guy who kind of had to work himself up to even where he's at. We remember with him with the Washington uh, Commanders. They were the Redskins at the time. Yeah. So I'm say the Redskins. I'm not going to even play them <laughs> like that. They were the Redskins. We know y'all the Commanders now. But um, you you remember that? I like that. Uh, great, just good. You know, had a couple playoff victories with them. Were able to wield them into being somewhat of a relevant team during his time there. Then he went to the Minnesota Vikings. He was that guy's like, it's like he's not as good, and then he has graves where he's just great, <laughs> right? And it could be hidden with the talent he had. He had guys like you know Stephon Diggs when he was over there. Uh, then he did what he was able to get a guy like uh, Justin Jefferson, who is the best wide receiver in the league now, in my opinion. So yeah. it's it's cool to see that aspect of it because he's kind of, he had a culture shock, shock as well too. You know, they they putting the chains on him, they embracing him as a quarterback in that organization. He's able to put he was put him in the positions to where they was dominant in the NFC North. I believe in even winning the division as well too, kind of being a top team. Uh, after you know you saw the fall off of Aaron Rodgers, right? And seeing, but they were still a wild card team as well, too, during that time as well. So it, it was just kind of fun. Um, I, I could understand that. Now, with Marcus Mariota, I think I would have went the Lamar Jackson route because that was an NFL MVP. Um, but it's a lot of stigma and a lot of negative talk around a, a running quarterback, right? And he's someone who's trying to prove that and show that this year. He dealt with injury. He dealt with the lapse of, like, the, the support that he's been getting from people because they they have this uh, vendetta against him just because of, off of his ability to be a running quarterback and denying his level of play as a, someone who can throw the ball as well. I feel like that would have been fun to see and see that side of it and how he takes it just because he he's going through some of those things as well too, and it being maybe it could have shifted and and geared some positivity and gained some respect from him as well. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I feel like I, I definitely you know. get what you said. It definitely could have took a negative connotation if the if the NFL wanted to exactly. debunk debunk that theory that we don't we don't treat black player black players like this. And let's just be honest exactly. that we don't treat black quarterbacks like this. Well, bring the bring the bring the cameras in right. Let them yeah. go on that. Let them travel with them. Let them walk yeah. around and let us see that you don't treat the black quarterback like that. Let us see that you value him, right? That yeah. that debunks a lot of myths. So I agree with that. Go ahead. Like you, yeah, you will really expect that. And we're not saying that just because, oh, we, oh man, we feel like just everybody's doing the black quarterback wrong. No, it's not that, but like we didn't have a lot of the black quarterbacks who have been stepping up and been playing uh, lights out. I mean, before the, the before the Deshaun Watson incident, he was considered the top three quarterback in the league. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks and has phenomenal years after that and then went over to the Denver Broncos. I mean, you just got a whole lot of other players as well, too. You see in J- Jalen Hurts, he just participated in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. This was the first time that two black quarterbacks was in the, the Super Bowl and playing in the Super Bowl against one another and was headlocked in that game. That it, you're seeing the you've seen it go up. 
like it, it's trending upward. So sure. that's not really the problem. But the negative connotation, like you said, on a running quarterback, because that's what Lamar Jackson is, and there's no offense to him because he's one of the best in the league to me still. It just let's see what his thought process and how he takes each Sunday out of the week, or I mean you take all the days from the practice out of the week leading up to that Sunday game where how his mindset is going as leading that being a leading quarterback who's leading that organization for the Baltimore Ravens. It'll be like, we want to see that side of it. And not only only see that, right. But I'm sorry not to keep cutting you off, but to see how he navigates life, right. People think that he goes and he's going up and he's getting contracts. People, these players go up and they get these hundred million dollar contracts for themselves. Yes. You go get it for yourself. But Lamar Jackson may be dealing with auntie that may need something because my back home or he may be dealing with with grandma that needs something because she needs medicine or something. There's other avenue. There's several different things that these players deal with on a daily basis that warrant them doing the things that they do as far as sitting out and holding out for money. It's one thing to be a game for us, but it's another thing to really be real life for for a player. You know, and this guy's from Florida. Um, He definitely came from. Of the hood, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Like a lot of I us hear. come from the hood, bro. Like he comes from that type of area, and with just seeing how he was able to finesse a contract with his mother, and not have an agent, and be one of the top paying quarterbacks in the league, like that's phenomenal. Like we want to see how that process went. That that's that's just insane. And then he's a black quarterback at that as well too. Like. Be honest, like I feel like a guy like Tom Brady probably could go into contract talks by himself and be cool and be able to get uh to be able to finesse it to how he wants, but we wouldn't expect a guy like Lamar Jackson to do it. Like, really, we wouldn't. Like, and there's no offense to that as well. Like, we wouldn't expect that. And it's always. And it's always anomalies with this situation, right? And this is the sad part. And I'm going to just put it out there. We're always running into this with the, in the NFL when it's time to give us our money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always a problem. Um, it's always other things or outlying factors as to why you don't want to give this man his money. And it may be a yep. man of color. It's usually typically a man of color, a la Le'Veon Bell. These, a lot of these situations happen, and it's not to – I don't want to pit the NFL in that, black, in that bad light. It's not a black-white thing. But when you when you see it coming from an organization that's represented by the shield, that's represented with no one, with probably only one owner that looks like me and you, you you get a different feeling when that man is presenting you a contract and he's not trying to give you what you're asking for. Yep. And that's and that's not and that's it's not to to throw we don't not to start the race the race thing or anything. It's just to say that this man doesn't value me. As if, if yeah. it was a man that was that came from my situation. He doesn't value me as a man that was in my shoes, that knows that I'm, my grandma may need some money, that knows that auntie may need some help getting her son's shoe. It's somebody that knows my situation is the only one that's going to understand and be able to like, okay, I understand why you're asking for that. Let me go ahead and make that happen. Now, we understand yeah. things are business and everything is a negotiation, but... The NFL, I feel like, shortchanges themselves with the African American players, the one that they depend on the most, when they don't let us see things like this. And when we do mm-hmm. see things like this from the outside looking in, you have a son, and I'm having a son myself. And and if God forbid they go to the NFL, because the first thing we tell them is get your money and you get it as soon as possible. Yep. Don't wait for anybody because they as soon as you hurt, you're gonna be on the next bus out of there. 
Because everybody thinks getting $1 million is enough. That's not enough, bro, and especially in today's world. Like, no, they need to, like, you got to think taxes come out of that, so they probably only getting, like, really a couple hundred thousands out of that because they got to, uh, Uncle Sam got to get his money. So it's just, it's, deep, it's deeper factors in these type of talks that's going on. And then you got to think about what type of quarterback he is. This has always been my argument as well, too. What did y'all do to even like help him accede to become a passing quarterback in the passing league? Y'all don't provide him as many weapons. I mean, he had Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, and then y'all end up going to get an Andrew Sammy Watkins, who only played for seven to eight games eight games a year, and we had him and we dealt with that. You know, then y'all go get a Demarcus Robinson. I mean, now y'all got Odell. Now y'all uh got uh Bateman back from injury as well too. Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers, y'all got Zay Flowers. Well, now y'all putting it together because now since y'all invested that money, now he need to pass the ball, right? You should have did that and built him up from that. Absolutely. I understand running the RPO was getting winning y'all games and getting y'all to the playoffs as as well, but it's easier to lock in on that opposed to a quarterback who was phenomenal at throwing the ball, wide receivers who was great at getting open, and then they're working hand in hand, hand in hand to succeed in that offense. He needed that growth as well too, you know. Absolutely. And then you got a guy like Mahomes who's able to do all the fancy and you know anomaly things that everybody else can't do. But that that just goes to what he put into his into his style of play and his skill set, and that's why he's able to over to you know supersede those those ex- expectations that people put on him when he came into the league. You know, they yeah. thought he was just gonna be someone who's just throws over the top. He was gonna be just a backyard type of football player, but it ended up being bigger than what that. What it is now, and he's a two-time champion. But I know we went way over <laughs> we did. the conversation. We did, but, but I was gonna say that back because that's what we want to see in that documentary. Absolutely, but it's still gonna be entertaining to see. Now, absolutely. I think Marcus Mariota is gonna have some key points and probably some things that we'll be able to relate to or understand his process of thinking. But we wanted to see that from probably a top ten quarterback in the league. Who was actually active, actively uh, going through some controversy, controversy as well, and that would have been honestly more entertaining to see and see the process of what was going on with that. Because if this is the life of an NFL QB, <laughs> Lamar Jackson is really at the top of the list on that with the, with all he dealt with from the offseason. Because one thing that Jordan Schultz said this year, and he said it on his podcast. Lamar Jackson, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson, excuse me, uh, free agent talk or contract negotiation talk with the Baltimore Ravens was one of those where you couldn't get the exact answer. Everything that was going out there was lost. He oh, literally man. he put it out there. He said it was lost because you you didn't have an agent to go talk to. It's no one connected to the league where you getting all this news. Y'all speculating, saying whatever you want, and it's not what it is. Yeah, they said it about his contract deal wasn't even what it was. People talking about he should just took the deal that he got with that. Like, y'all don't even know exactly what's going on, and he got a better deal than what y'all said he said he should have took. So him waiting that long made sense. So and, it don't matter. And I just want to say, this is what when people think that when we when people say like, oh, these people or this group of people is against me, they hate me, they not for my success. When you don't 
take the necessary opportunities. And this is just to the Ravens, Ravens organization and the NFL as a whole. If you don't give someone, it's any employer, the necessary tools to succeed and you expect them to be successful or they, they exceed your expectations, they're deserving of pay. And that goes for me, you, anybody that works at their job. If you supersede expectations with no help from the employer, you are deserving of a, of a raise, of a, of yeah. a promotion, any of that. And the yeah. worst thing to do is to feel like you're not appreciated, right? Yeah. It's to feel like you're not valued. Or yeah. like, or like, we'll we'll put everything on your shoulders, and then to put everything on someone's shoulders, they get hurt, and then to say, "We're still not gonna pay you. We don't trust it. We don't yeah. trust you." It's like yeah. a spit in the face. So like, the NFL has to start viewing these situations totally different. Did you give him everything to be successful in that first year? Right? Did you mm-hmm. did you take those necessary steps like you did with Mahomes and give him a Tyreek Hill, give him a Demarcus Robinson, give him a young Sammy White? You did none of that. You did yeah. none of that. You tried to piece together a second, uh, piece together wide receiver core that, that was never going to make it three days, but yeah. but you expect him to be successful. He was still successful, so due to him doing that, he superseded those expectations. He deserving, he's deserving of a payday of some type of raise. Yeah, wait, wait. And I, and I just want to leave it there because I know we didn't yeah. we didn't plan on talking about Lamar. It's about Mariota, yeah. but we just we're just saying as far as the NFL getting a negative connotation off of them. They have they have this dark cloud over them with African American players, and that's just not what it should be. African American quarterbacks, and it, the yeah. Lamar Jackson situation just made it look really, really bad. And, and and like you don't appreciate people, and that's the last thing somebody wants to feel like is they're unappreciated by their employer. Yeah, you're right. Well, that was a good conversation. And I mean, I'm sure we'll definitely dive into it more, especially after the um the the docuseries come out yep. so it's going to be interesting to see i think it's still going to be good though i think we're going to have a fun time watching it. It, it we're not going to take anything away from it it's just we have opposing like who should have been in there or not we were fine with two of them it's just one like we felt like could have been differently but it's perfectly fine but that's all we have for this episode of chief and with daily deal uh don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms kc sports company on facebook twitter and instagram then also make sure to tap into my social media uh on facebook dale fowler jr uh twitter dale e fowler and then on instagram daily underscore dale nine and then falani we got them on instagram (laughs) underscore underscore lano l-o-n-o underscore right yep and And then on Twitter, underscore, underscore, Lano, L-O-N-N-O, underscore, underscore. Yep. Got it. Yep, that's yeah. that's it. That's the handles. So, yep, that's all we have for this episode of Achieving with Daily Dale. Make sure to tap in with us later and talk to y'all next time. See y'all.